In the last couple of years, all the data shows that Ford has made substantial improvements in quality. In fact, some sources show that Ford's quality is now as good as or even better than that from Toyota or Honda. So what's Ford's secret? What has it done to improve quality so much? To get an insider's look at the impressive improvement Ford's made, my guest on today's show is Benny Fowler, the group vice president in charge of global quality at Ford and someone who reports directly to company CEO Alan Mulally. Joining me on my journalist panel today are Brent Snavely from the Detroit Free Press and Bryce Hoffman from the Detroit News. Stay right where you are. We are about to get to the bottom of how Ford has improved its quality, and we'll get to that right after this. From our studios in the Motor City, this is AutoLine. Here now is John McElroy. Welcome to this edition of AutoLine Detroit with our guest today, Benny Fowler, the Group Vice President of Global Quality for the Ford Motor Company. Great having you here on the, the set of AutoLine. Good morning, and thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, you say thanks now. Let's see you after you get through all our questions if you think the same way. <laughs> well, I'll be looking forward to it. <laughs> also joining us today is uh, Brent Snavely from the Detroit Free Press and Bryce Hoffman from the Detroit News, and great having the both of you here, too. Thanks for you. having me. Benny, I know it hasn't been uh, a short road. It's been a long road to get Ford's quality where it is. But now the world's opening up to the fact that, by the data, you guys are as good as or maybe even better than Honda and Toyota. Give us the short thumbnail version. What have been the significant things that changed at Ford to allow it to improve its quality this much? Well, first of all, John, I think uh, from a Ford standpoint, we've been working on improving our quality, as you pointed out, for quite some time. So it's really not an overnight uh, sensation that this has happened. You know, when I first took this job, uh, I mean, I kind of studied the history of Ford and looked back over the last 19 years and, you know, concerns were running around 800 today, it's running below 100. So, as you pointed out, it's been actually a monumental improvement over the last uh, 12, 14 years at Ford. I think the key point is really our focus on looking at the external customer environment in terms of what the customers are saying about our quality and turning those into design standards that we can believe in and that we could design, develop, and manufacture our cars to. Now, back in the 1980s, Ford brought in Dr. W. Edwards Deming, the great quality guru. It initiated statistical process control upside down and backwards through everything. It initiated the, the best-in-class procedures with uh, the then-new, the, when the Ford Taurus first came out. And, and you guys were at the top of the heap there. So what happened, and is it just focusing on what the customer wants that got you back where you are now? Well, as, as you pointed out, uh, when we do the research uh, on our quality operating system, and that's really the, the backbone of producing cars and trucks at Ford, uh, we have the best quality operating system in the world. And I think the key to success is making sure that everyone knows what the quality operating system is and follows disciplined, standardized processes. And that's really at the heart of what we've been doing at Ford. Uh, a lot of turnover you know, since the time of dimming. And I think the one critical element that, that's really driving our quality improvement is teaching and applying the methods. We've got a lot of new people at Ford. We've gone through a lot of change over, over time. And you really can't assume that any new person coming into Ford knows what the quality operating system is and how everything works together. It really takes a con constant approach to teaching, and that's really what's changed at Ford. We're constantly teaching from the shop floor to the executive suite. 
We spend quite a bit of time in the executive suite with Alan and the team learning about our quality operating system, what's important to it, what questions they ask, and how to bring about the consistency and the constancy of purpose that you're seeing in the Ford products today. Benny, uh, you guys made no secret of the fact that you were setting your sights on Toyota as the, as the company that you wanted to, to match and then pass in terms of quality. Last year, by most metrics, you guys matched them in terms of initial quality. Now that they're having some quality issues of their own, do you feel like there's an opening now for Ford to really kind of, you know, make its case to the American consumer that, that, that American quality is back? Well, our goal really has not changed with what's happened with Toyota. Our goal has always been to be best in class in every segment that we compete in. I think you and I have talked before, I said this before, that our leadership team has decided in terms of quality, fuel efficiency, safety, and technology that we're going to be the best in the world at that. And that's what our goal has been, and that's what we're continuing to focus on. Benny, many people have emulated Toyota's manufacturing system in automotive and in other industries as well. What has it been like for you to, as a quality guy at Ford to watch this story of sudden acceleration at Toyota sort of explode? And, and what have you guys been doing at Ford to monitor that situation and react? Well, we've always had the Ford production system. And many would say that the Toyota system was mimic after the Ford production system. So there's a lot of elements uh, from the original Ford production system. If you go back to, to the first Henry Ford uh, uh, assembly line that many across the world have emulated. So there's a lot to be said about the history that's embedded in what we, how we design, develop, and produce cars over time. So obviously, as we see the challenges that Toyota is facing, you really want to review the concerns. You want to make sure that you don't have the same concerns in your vehicles, and our processes allow us to do that every day. We've seen Toyota see a surge in reportings of unintended acceleration. I mean, we go a decade and not much happens, and then one case hits the headlines, and now there's all kinds of reports. Do you think that Toyota is going to suffer the same thing when it comes to quality? That is, whether it's J.D. Power or Consumer Reports, people in the past who might have said, eh, I didn't really have that much of a problem, are now going to be a lot more careful in reporting every little thing that happens on their Toyotas and maybe slip down a run or allow you guys to pull farther away from them? Well, I think that um, the industry has been very sensitive to quality for a long, long time. And you really can't fool the customers. Either the vehicle is in performing to its intended function or it's not. And I think that that's one of the things that we've been focused on at Ford for quite some time, is making sure that our vehicles, that we understand what the customers are saying about our cars and trucks, and that we put an operating system in place that allows us to respond to any issue that a customer may have. And so. Um, you know, with, with the uh, great designs and all the products that we have coming, we certainly have to be careful that we follow our discipline and standardized processes. And what that allows you to do is allows you to see any, any abnormalities early. If you're just happening in a sporadic and a haphazard way, it's, it's, it's harder to see uh, an issue occurring. And our systems allow us to see that uh, pretty early, and we try to respond to those as quickly as we can. You talk, Vinny, about communicating with the customers. Does it still frustrate you that there's this lag in perception that kind of follows you? I mean, you know, all, by all metrics, your, your quality has improved, improved dramatically, and yet, and you're starting to get some credit for that in the marketplace, but consumer perception is still not 
up to where your metrics are. There's still a lot of people in this country who've had bad experiences with Fords in the past and are a little bit reluctant to give you guys a second chance. Does that, does that frustrate you? Well, I, I wouldn't say it frustrates me. I think it, it offers a, a challenge uh, because I think great teams and great vehicles are, are, are defined by the performance that you deliver every day. And I think what we're dedicated and focused on at Ford is to deliver consistent performance over time. And I think if you deliver consistent performance over time, I think the customers will come back into the marketplace and give you consideration. And I think what we're seeing with our market share gains, what, what you're seeing in terms of how we uh, approach our business every day, uh, should give uh, people confidence in the Ford Motor Company and, and every metric that we look at in terms of how customers are starting to respond to the Ford brand, to the Ford products, I think we're encouraged by the results that we're seeing. Now, Benny, um, Ford has a lot of exciting products coming out this year. Um, Super Duty, Fiesta, I believe you're starting to build that, although the dealers don't have it yet. And I'm sure the dealers are eager and excited to get their hands on that. But what do you, can you talk about what you do to make sure that the quality problems are, um, are out and, and, the, and the production is going smoothly? before you relent to that pressure to get the vehicles to the dealerships? Well, we really start up front with uh, uh, quite a bit of market research in terms of how customers intend to use our vehicles. And we have a set of design standards that we constantly update in our, in our annual process or as we get real-time data from the customers that tell us that this design is, is or is not satisfying them. We make adjustments to design standards and design standards for our, are the first line of defense. If you know that you've got reliable design standards, you certainly want to repeat those over and over again. And we have what we call checklists, uh, where everything that we learn from a mistake in the past and we create a countermeasure to it goes into that checklist. And we go through a series of checks in the very early stages in terms of making sure we have the right design and the right content. And we have some really tough discussions about whether we do have the right design before we ever start to put, uh, build physical prototypes. Once we ensure that, we, just, we have a series of virtual reviews that we go through where we can test by computer-aided design, where we can do virtual assembly operations well we do, before we do the first prototypes. And we may go through three or four uh, virtual builds before we actually come to what we call a final drawing judgment, where we say pencils are down and we're ready to build the first physical prototype. And those events in the early stages are very, very rigorous events where I have a team of people, including myself, that we go through and we make sure that the cross-functional team that has product development, the supply base, manufacturing, and quality, as well as our marketing sales team, we're really reviewing those designs at the early stages before we review, before we we build our first prototypes. Once we get it into the prototype phase, we go through a series of physical tests, safety, you know, fuel economy, all the things that a customer will respect before we actually take it into an assembly operations. And at our assembly locations, simultaneous to that, we've involved all of our hourly personnel, whether it be Canada, Mexico, or UAW, all of our unions are involved in the development of these products in the very early stages, and we take quite a bit of input from the teams uh, in the very early stages. And we have the capability of to simulate and operate it in a, in a virtual stage so that they can build and we can eliminate our ergonomics concerns before they ever hit the assembly plant. Hmm. So it's from design 
to prototype to manufacturing that we've been working on, uh, improving our proper processes and making them more reliable and more capable of delivering what the customers expect from our vehicles. The other thing I was wondering about related in a way to the product launches is year-to-date Ford, GM, and Toyota are all kind of running very close, neck and neck for total sales. The Ford of the past might have reacted to that differently. Is there any temptation or pressure to to ramp up your production volume and, and chase after that number one sales goal, or has that changed at Ford? Well, I think that we have, a, I know Alan and the team have basically said we're going to match production with the demand of the products. I think that does two things for us. Uh, first of all, you won't have an oversupply in the laws that economics say too much supply will really deteriorate your brand and really destroy your value. And secondly, not having vehicles set on a dealer's lots for a long period of time is actually great for the quality. Things like flat spotting, vibration, mm -hmm. rust, all, a number of things that uh, the cars really don't, don't age well with time as they set. They have to be in use and that's the intended function for the vehicle. So um, we've been very disciplined about our production system and I don't see that there's any temptation to do that. If the retail customer and the fleet customer is not demanding our product, I don't think we'll build them. I'm interested in what you said about uh, really asking customers what they think about your quality. Automakers have always measured what customers say. It's usually done by market research, and it never filters down through the company. What are you doing differently with this data, making sure that it gets in the hands of designers and engineers and manufacturing people so they can bake that into the design? What's Ford doing differently along those lines? Well, the great thing about our research is it's not just done by marketing teams. Most everything that we do at Ford is done by uh, what we're calling matched quints, which would be product development, purchasing, manufacturing, quality, and marketing and sales. So we have all the functions represented, whether we are doing early research in terms of hearing the feedback from the customers or whether we're doing research in terms of a customer inspection clinic after a vehicle has gone into production. Everybody's there. They're getting the same voice of the customers. And then you can actually video what you're hearing. So just in case someone is not present at the event, you, we can actually do the videos and play the videos back so you actually have customers speaking directly to the designers or in manufacturing or wherever we're getting the research from. And this resides in a way and in, in a place that designers or engineers can easily access? Yes. I mean, most of the research goes directly, right, directly to our design studios where we react to it. If we're in, in a post-launch phase, uh, that information goes right into the manufacturing location and we will have uh, our joint personnel teams there you know, from all the functions that are at the, at the inspection clinics and so you get real-time feedback and it goes in and we make adjustments whether it be in manufacturing or in the supply base or in the design element, uh, the design parts of our process. Benny, uh, speaking with Bill Ford recently, he has said that his biggest concern right now is that as Ford comes back and as you guys start to, to, to post sales gains and successful quarters, that people fall back into old behaviors, that they lose the sense of urgency that has kind of driven your turnaround. How do you, in, in the quality side of the business, how do you ensure that, that you don't lose the focus that you've developed on quality? How do you ensure that you don't fall back into the bad behaviors? Well, first of all, I haven't seen any of that behavior. So uh, the great part about it is, is uh, when you study history, uh, you want to not repeat the, repeat this, the uh, sins of the past. 
And I think that the pain that we've gone through as an organization over the last, uh, you know, five, six years, losing 40 percent of our uh, of our friends and colleagues as we've gone through this painful restructuring is a reminder to us all that, you know, the things that we did in the past, um, I mean, I don't, I just don't, we are reminded that we don't think the divine public will ever forgive us if that were to happen to us again. And you can see it uh, in places where um, uh, we've had to ask for, and, and where people have had to ask for government bailouts. Uh, the, 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 the public is really not forgiving of that. And uh, it, that is steeped squarely in the operating principles that we have that uh, uh, we, 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 we really don't, we don't, we don't want to and don't expect those things to happen to us ever again. I'm curious, Benny, as we look to the future, uh, Ford is developing a number of electric and hybrid electric vehicles. That introduces a new set of parts, a new set of suppliers, a new supply chain. How does that, how do you deal with that? How does that impact and, and affect uh, what you do as a, a quality chief in implementing those new parts into your process? I, I just want to go back and just answer one thing because I, I did want to underpin that the basic operating methodology for Ford is, I mean, our words are continuous improvement for life, Q, QPI. And that is embedded in the operations that, in, in the way we fundamentally go about doing our business today. You hear about the Thursday meetings that we have with Alan where we redo, review the facts and data, and that operating methodology is spreading throughout the company. And I think it is the engine that will drive profitable growth for all for, all, for us in the future. Now coming to the discussion around the supply base, I mean, the supply base has been a great part of the, the Ford improvement. Um, and we have made it a, one of our key goals is to become the supplier, supplier's partner of choice through our line business framework. And it's through the efforts of Tony Brown and the rest of the leadership team, we recognize now that that might have been one of the challenges in the past, not having the right supply partnership with our supply base. And we we're spending quite a bit of time trying to get the suppliers on board through our supplier engagement process, where in the very beginning we have four supplier visits that we do at various stages through the development process, where we jointly, this team of four, that we go to the supply base together and we design and process the parts together. When we have challenges, we come in, all of the suppliers we invite to become a part of our quality improvement process, which we have at every manufacturing location around the world. And they have the opportunity to be trained by us, to, be, to speak in the same language as we do, and to go through the same training and development around what our quality operating system is. So the basic philosophy for what we're trying to do is one of collaboration and not one of confrontation. You're in charge of global quality for Ford. Is there any other market that's got the kind of focus on quality that, that we do? I mean, uh, you've got the J.D. Power Vehicle Dependability Survey, the Initial Quality Survey, you've got uh, Sales Satisfaction Index, you, you've got Consumer Reports, you've got, uh, there's a few others there. I know J.D. Power's got some reports in the U.K. and spe specifically, and, and some in Europe, but I don't think they have quite the access to the data, and I'm just curious. Are consumers in other countries, uh, do they have that kind of quality data available to them? They do. Um, and we're the only one that has a single global quality research system that we use around the world. It's a, it's a system uh, that we commission RDA to do. So 
pretty much all the systems in the world, we can look at all the markets around the world and we can actually make adjustments real time. We've been working with RD for NEA for about 28 years, so that's really the base along with our base warranty systems that we use to improve quality. Now, there's a, lot, a, a wide variety of third-party surveys, J.D. Powers, uh, uh, Consumer Reports, as you mentioned a few, and we use uh, those uh, systems as confirmation that our internal systems are working. But what we can't re do is rely on those systems. You have to have your own reliable method of going to the, to the, to the customers, reviewing the data, and making sure you have the real-time adjustments. And then we use those experts, those third-party experts, to ensure that uh, our, our, our products and services are world-class. I want to go back to this issue of, of the electrification of the vehicle, because I, I think that, that you used to be head of operations for, for a Jaguar and Land Rover. And one of the issues with Land Rover, the company famous for, for building mechanically indestructible vehicles, but they had a lot of electronics problems when they started to integrate those types of components into, the, into their vehicles. Now we're going to see a much bigger integration of electronics into vehicles in the form of you guys, between now and 2012, you have two battery electric vehicles coming out, you've got a plug-in hybrid coming out, and you've got a new generation of, of gasoline electric hybrids coming out. I mean, all of this is going to try the skill levels of the workers and of the suppliers to a level that we haven't seen in a generation or more. Um, and I wonder if that isn't, you know, something that, 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 that causes you a little bit of uh, anxiety. Well, it does uh, cause me a bit of anxiety. I wouldn't sit here and tell you today that every time there's a new technology invented that I go home every night and sleep soundly. <laughs> <laughs> but what I would say is that uh, what, what we've been doing over time, and um, we uh, produced the first hybrid uh, way back when, uh, it seems like so long ago, you know, I was uh, the executive director of product development at the time when we were producing the first escape hybrid. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had the same kind of conversation that you're, you're having today around uh, how, would, how would we design, ensure that the product was okay, and how would we manufacture the product to ensure that it would be reliable in the marketplace. And time has proved that uh, what we were able to do with our quality operating system brought that hybrid into the marketplace. And now it's, it's the basis of which we form our journey moving ahead. Now, as I, as I look at the last five years, if I were to look back at the last five years when I first started this job, with the technology that we have in the day, yeah. over the last five years, we've had a lot of new inventions come through our, our, our process. And what we've been able to do, as I pointed out before, is to bring on a new product, uh, reduce our structure by 40%, and improve our quality by 40 or 50%, and to become on par with the best in the world. Now, that doesn't guarantee success, but what it does say is that if you pay attention to what the customers have to do, if you use all of the best virtual technology to prove out ahead of time, if you are true to the integrity of what the processes and the information is telling you, you can have success. And what we're trying to do at Ford is to create an environment where issues become opportunities for us. Rather than, you know, if someone came in and told me there was a problem, that I had to delay a launch or delay a set, uh, an acceleration curve, uh, normally that would make news. 
and historically would have been afraid that that news would get out. Yep. In my view, that's what we should be doing anyway. If you have a problem, it should be encouraged to stop. And it should be celebrated versus the way we used to do it to say an, an auto manufacturer has a problem and they're stopping to ensure that their customers get the best vehicles available. That is the culture at Ford. That's what we're trying to make a way of life at Ford where if there's an issue, we're going to come together as a team. We're going to look at what the issue is. And somewhere around the table inside of Ford, we have someone that could help us. If we don't, we're going to go to wherever the, where, where we have to go to secure the expertise in order for us to succeed. And I think that has to be an ongoing way that you do business every day. And with that, we're going to have to wrap it up. That's a great way to end it. But Benny Fowler, thanks so much for coming in and talking all about Ford Quality. Brent Snavely from the Detroit Free Press. Bryce Hoffman from the Detroit News. Thank you guys, too. And I'll be back in a moment with some closing thoughts. I've got a feeling that Ford's quality is only going to get better as all the improvements Benny Fowler talked about get baked into all of its products. And that could actually improve the public's perception of all American cars, or at least make them more open to believing it's true. Make no mistake about it, Ford's improvement in quality is a very important development for the entire American auto industry, including suppliers. But that brings us to the end of this show. For all of us here at AutoLine Detroit, thanks for watching. We'll see you next week.